Hello, and welcome to another episode of Kodo Cinema, the podcast show where I talk about movies. I'm your host, the man, the myth, the legend, the holly, the jolly, Mark Kodo, a.k.a. Kodo Man. Well, we got another episode on our hands. This time, it's episode 122 for uh, Kodo Cinema Christmas Month. Although, I will say this is the third episode for Kodo Cinema Christmas Month this year in 2022, but overall... 122 episodes into Kodo Cinema, and it's still going. So anyway, y'all are probably wondering uh, what movie I'm going to be talking about for this episode. Well, well, this episode I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to be talking about the Gremlins film. Now you're all probably wondering, Kodo Man, Gremlins is a horror film, not a Christmas film. Well, okay, well. True, that may sound true, but at the same time, for those who have seen Gremlins, I mean, yes, it's, it is a bit of a horror film, but it does have a bit of a family, family touch to it, plus also taking place around Christmas time as well. So, technically, it is a it is a Christmas film, too, so it can, it can act as a horror film and a Christmas film. The same thing with Die Hard. When Die Hard came out in 1988, three years... After, uh, no, not three years, four years after the Gremlins came out, Die Hard is considered to be a Christmas film. I mean, why not Gremlins? I mean, similar idea, but also, but a different genre, but a different genre. Instead of like action, you get horror for Gremlins. I mean, Die Hard is an action film that takes place on Christmas. Gremlins is a horror film that takes place on Christmas. So, there. So, anyway... Gremlins is a 1984 American black comedy horror film directed by Joe Dante, who actually, uh, who actually, who actually was involved with the Twilight Zone movie, which featured a sequence that involved a gremlin. Although that time around was, although Joe Dante did a direct that sequence, it was directed by George Miller. With that sequence, or should I say, segment being called "Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet" for the Twilight Zone movie that came out in nineteen eighty-three, so so there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a connection right there. But anyway, Joe Dante directs the Gremlins film, who directed a set, who direct also directed a segment called "It's a Good Life" for the Twilight Zone movie. The film Gremlins is written by Chris Columbus. Who uh, who was one of the few filmmakers who actually got his start uh, in film, film and TV, with Gremlins being one of them, and it also and it also stars Zach Galligan with along with Phoebe Cates, Polly Holiday, and of course Howie Mandel, very well known for his talk show host of Deal No Deal, providing the voice of Gizmo, the Mogwai. Now the film draws on legends of folk of folkloric mischievous creatures that cause malfunctions, and I quote, gremlins in the British Royal Air Force going back to World War II, with the story following a young man who receives a strange creature as a pet. That pet turned out to be a mogwai named Gizmo, which then spawns other creatures who transform into small, destructive, aggressive monsters. That all wreak havoc on a whole town on Christmas Eve. So, going back to what I mentioned, like, sure, Gremlins is a horror film with a slight of a family, a slight of a family film touch, 
it is also a Christmas film too, and it takes place on Christmas Eve. So technically, it is partially a Christmas film. So anyway, so anyway, um, for those of you who are probably wondering what's the, the, the thing with Mogwai and Gremlins, well, to start off, Mogwai, the term Mogwai is 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 based off a of Chinese Chinese culture of the Cantonese word meaning monster, evil spirit, devil, or demon. And for that Mogwai in Gremlins, now you might be wondering now you might be wondering it, why does that Mogwai look pretty cute? I mean, isn't that Mogwai a, a cute little creature? I mean, sure, yeah. I mean, looking at it, Giz, looking at that, looking at it from Gizmo's side. I mean, Gizmo is a very cute Mogwai. But what we, but what we later learn is that this Mogwai isn't what it seems to be, because in terms out, it'll turn into a gremlin. So you're probably wondering. How does a Mogwai turn into a gremlin? Well, one of the few reasons why the uh, Mogwai would turn into a gremlin is what is the final rule. And that final rule is a third rule is never feed a Mogwai after midnight. Now, that rule was brought up from one of the kids in the opening film where... Um, the main character's uh, uh, dad, and this main character's dad, Billy's dad, named Rand, named Randall Rand Peltzer, was in Chinatown looking buying a Christmas gift for his for his son, and he was able to buy he was able to buy a Mogwai, but unfortunately, the kid some uh, some kid's uh, grandpa who owns a store with the Mogwai. Tells Randall that you cannot buy this. Cannot buy. You cannot buy this Mogwai because it takes much, so much responsibility. But later on down the line, toward later on down the line, we kind of we kind of get the feeling to like know why why the the, the grandfather and he's basically a um, a Chinese uh, grandfather of some sort. And that in the film, according to the film. Because the opening of the film does take place in Chinatown, for, which which is probably the reason why um, uh, Ran Randall went into Chinatown to look for it. Went into Chinatown, bought this off of this uh, of the of this grandfather's kid, who um, get who is it? Who the kid was gives Randall Peltzer the Mogwai, but he gives him the three rules, which is basically never put the Mogwai. In bright light, plus sunlight will kill the Mogwai. The other rule being: do not, do not drain this Mogwai in water. Don't give it a bath. Don't give it a shower. Don't let it drink water because it will multiply like crazy. And the third rule is: never feed the Mogwai after midnight. Now, that third rule alone is the one that causes the the, the gremlin form to happen. But we don't see that later on down the line in the film. So then we we get to see Billy, who is working at a who is working at a bank, who who's working at a bank, and during the day, during the day. Plus we we get a we get a nice little Indiana Jones reference because it turns out one because it turns out there's a radio show and I forgot the name of the radio show, but it it has a host which has a host 
I forgot the name. I forgot the name of the show nor host, but it has like similar fonts. But the fonts, if you look at the billboard in the beginning in the beginning of the Gremlins film, it has like the Indiana Jones fonts because the reason why Steven Spielberg was one of the executive producers on the Gremlins film, who should I mention was able to get uh, jump starts for future filmmakers that includes Chris Columbus and uh, Joe Dante plus and plus uh, Frank Marshall and Kathleen Kennedy as well because Frank Marshall and Kathleen Kennedy were also involved with this film as well as executive producers plus plus the fact that Steven Spielberg also directed the Indiana Jones films and speaking of Indiana Jones films the, the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom came out the same year as Gremlins as well. So, so yeah, there you kind of get that connection right there. Now, but now that later on, later on, I mean, it's just a tip. You just see in later on in the beginning of the film, it's just a typical uh, good feel Christmas feeling tradition feeling movie of some sorts. But it turns out there is a there is a mean there is a mean old mean old Grinch woman. Named Mrs. Deagle, who 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 wants Billy's dog because Billy's dog has been a has been a been a nutcase in in front of Mrs. Deagle. Mrs. Deagle is basically how not not only like the the Grinch part, but also like the Wicked Witch of the West. He's sort of sort of like character sort of like character, if you, if I may say, because in the um, Wizard of Oz. Uh, this woman who turns out to be the version of the Wicked Witch of the West, according according to Dorothy's point of view, uh, wants to kill uh Toto, kill Toto, even though Toto, because of what happened, Toto went into um into the yard, into the yard, and accidentally uh, bit her. It was actually by accident, and this and then this woman wants to take Toto away to be put down. This is kind of like what Mrs. Deagle is, Deagle's what Mrs. Deagle's character is like in this film, like she wants Billy's dog. Yeah, yeah, that's like a Wizard of Oz connection right there. But anyway, um, this is happening around during Christmas time. During Christmas time, I mean, really, you're doing this around Christmas time? I mean, come on. And and somehow, uh, somehow we also get. Um, Get a love. There's a love interest that Billy gets, uh, being played by feet uh, by uh, Phoebe Cates named Kate, plus a uh, a bank employee named Gerald Hopkins, played by Judge Re- played by Judge Reinhold, who appears in the scene because somehow uh, the dog attacks Mrs. Deagle by accident by accident. Plus, and then Mrs. Deagle compares billy to his old man because his old because his old because i don't know why but it turns out that his old man's a bit of a struggling inventor of some sorts so yeah so yeah so so yeah and then and then uh, and then later during the night later during the night we also get a pretty nice cameo from uh, chuck jones chuck jones who was the looney tunes animator who uh, who was in who is uh, sitting in the bar with billy uh, sharing sharing a uh, car- cartoon drawings and and I thought it was pretty nice because uh, because not because uh, not only is it nice that we got a cameo for Chuck Jones but also the fact that Warner Brothers distributed the film which also distributed the Looney Tunes cartoons as well so then um so so then we get a uh, so then we we see um, Randall return home 
and he gives uh, Billy the a, a Christmas Christmas gift, which is basically a the Mogwai. So, so so basically, so basically, um, um, Billy is all surprised and amazed by this by by this creature, this Mogwai creature, which they gave gave uh, the Mogwai's name Gizmo, and so then. So then they get. So then uh, the family tries to get a picture with uh, with Gizmo, Billy, and the dog. But it turns out that the picture has a flash, which uh, which uh, annoys the the Mogwai. And it turns out that Rando forgot to mention the three rules, which is basically don't put this Mogwai in in sunlight because it will kill him, especially bright light. This also includes the bright light. Never give the Mogwai a bath. Never let it drink. So don't put water on the Mogwai, and of course, never feed the Mogwai after midnight. So unfortunately, those three rules were broken because um, those three rules were broken because because uh, well, obviously the first rule was broken, which is basically the bright light. The second rule was broken because uh, one of Billy's uh, young friends uh, named Pete, who's being played by Corey Feldman. And Corey Feldman later appeared in another Spielberg-produced film, uh, The Goonies, came over and accidentally spills water over Gizmo, which spawns five more Mogwai creatures, which includes a leader named Stripe. And the reason why Stripe the, Stripe the leader was called by that because um, Pete... Pete, uh, Pete notices the stripe on one of the Mogwai's heads, and that's why he's like, "Hey, look at that little one. That one's got a stripe on his head." I mean, that's that's basically the the leader, which is basically the leader who turns out to be the the villain of this film. So yeah, Stripe is the villain of of the film for Gremlins. So then, uh, Billy shows his father all the all all the all the uh, the Mogwai creatures. He even shows uh, one of he even brings one of the Mogwais over to one of his former elementary school science teachers named Mr. Hansen, spawning another Mogwai, and then Mr. Hansen will later do do more experiments on this Mogwai. So basically, he's trying to he's trying to learn what the point of what's the what is with this Mogwai. So then, back at home, Stripe and his fellow Mogwais trick. Trick Billy into feeding the the feeding feeding the little uh, Mogwais after midnight. Well, actually, before that, um, one of the Mogwais, the 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 five Mogwais that respond, uh, trapped Billy's dog in, in onto Christmas lights, like in the outside in the snow, because Billy was sleeping one night. He hears a howl, but what he what what he didn't know that his dog was hung up by the Christmas lights. But which turns out that it was the the little Mogwais who did it. So basically, uh, that's the little that's gonna be hinted that the leader Stripe, and I'm pretty sure this was from Stripe's point of view because Stripe wants to do something about it. He, I believe, he wants to take over the world or something. I mean, I I don't know what's the point. I don't I don't know because uh, because I mean I don't know what's the point with all these Mogwais. I mean, what's the point of these Mogwais? But to be fair, in, in Chinese culture, I guess they are they're definitely preferred to be as meat meaning of monster, evil spirits, devil, or demon. So technically, the the, the five Mogwais that trapped Billy's dog 
foreshadows that they're going to be evil demons. So um, so now I'll cut back to the, the night when uh, they trick Billy into feeding them. They, uh, they unplugged his alarm clock, which actually says 11.35 p.m., but it turns out they unplugged the clock. To, so basically they tricked Bill so they tricked Billy. And then uh and then the next day and then the next day, there's basically cocoons, like egg like shells. You know, kinda of like a cocoon for a butterfly like a like a caterpillar for that turns it transforms into a butterfly, metamor like a metamorphosis. That's basically what we see in this film for for the for the gremlins. And Han and Mr. Hansen, uh, Billy's professor professor or teacher notices too and the the cocoons would later hatch they actually hatch and there's this nice little musical number from jerry goldsmith that gives it a creepy cartoonish like tone to know that the gremlins are about to hatch like kind of like you know, a little bit like it had does have a bit of an alien vibe to it because the the film Aliens does have like the little bit of the alien eggs, the xenomorph eggs a bit. But also, but also, if you listen to the music very carefully, you, you will notice the melody. There's a similar melody in this film because the melody you hear in that score during the entire egg hatch scene was also. Um, Reference is a reference from the Twilight Zone movie segment Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet because Jerry Goldsmith also wrote the score for uh, the Twilight Zone film, including the Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet segment where uh, John Lithgow's character is fighting off the gremlin on on the fighting off this gremlin on the plane. So that was like a nice little callback reference to it, and then. And now, and now with all the uh, with all five gremlins hatch, they they attack, or should I say, cocoons hatch. They all attack the, they all five of them attack the house. Like they're inside the house, trying to attack Billy's mom, who kills off. Um, uh, I believe it was uh, three three gremlins, three of the gremlins. One of them fell into a blender and got sliced in half. The other one got stabbed by Billy's mom. The third one got blown up in a microwave. And boy, boy, did this did this bill go all out with the violence on this one. Because this is a the Gremlins is a PG film. Yeah, this is a PG film. I mean this is a PG film and wow did they go all out with that violence, man. Like the <laughs> like the violence in this film is kinda crazy, especially with the Gremlins. But then uh, Billy comes home and decapitates one of the gremlins' head into a fireplace with his dad's sword because one of the gremlins almost choked out Billy's mom with the Christmas lights. And, of course, a tree fell on top of her, too, while, while this, this fight was going on. And then we later get to see um, Stripe. Stripe is now uh, the, the last one standing, the last gremlin standing. And he goes, he escapes the house, tries to form a new batch. And also before that, uh, the other gremlin, um, the other gremlin at the school that Mr. Hansen ran experiments on also has too. I don't know if that, I don't know if that gremlin died or not, but I do know that one gremlin at the school that Mr. Hansen had 
killed the teacher as well. I mean, the gremlin, uh, the gremlin stabbed Mr. Hansen right, right, right in the buttocks. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. Now and now later on, um, Stripe forms a new batch at, at a local YMCA pool, swimming pool, and boy, will this 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 segment. This sequence right here got really, really crazy for me because, because uh, the, the the next uh, few minutes of this film, or should I say, I think the last half of this film, the gremlins are wreaking havoc in Kingston Falls. They wreak havoc in Kingston Falls, like, and many people are either injured or killed, including Mrs. Deagle. The gremlins went to Mrs. Deagle's house. And killed her because, so for some reason, um, one of the gremlins snuck inside and damaged one of Mrs. Deagle's chairs. But and then we see uh, we see Mrs. Deagle um, hearing uh, uh, hear hear her doorbell ringing, which turns out to be Christmas caroling gremlins singing Christmas carols. She's scared because these gremlins, these green-eyed gremlins, are demons, freaking demons. They're like free, they're like freaking demons. Oh my god. Like demons from hell if you say if to say this. Jeez. And and one of them like um damaged uh, Mrs. Deagle's chair which sends her flying up the stairs and and literally crashes through the window and she and she ends up getting killed. Like holy crap. Like that is a crazy sequence. Now, to be fair, though, um, uh, that's definitely wow. That is definitely karma right there. I mean, wow, that is complete karma right there because um, Mrs. Deagle was definitely an old uh, grump or wicked witch, I should say, in this film. But dang, that was, I mean, holy crap! Like that. That is that is messed up. That is definitely messed up karma right there oh my goodness that is literally messed up oh that's that's literally messed up i mean i mean dang i mean those those gremlins literally uh whew, i'm running out, i'm running out of words on this one so anyway um the next part of this film for gremlins i mean obviously it's kind of my favorite part is when all the gremlins go to this bar. They go to this bar for a nice little uh, Christmas Eve get-together, I should say. And uh, Billy's girlfriend uh, works there, too. I mean, uh, yeah, Bill, yeah Billy, Billy, Billy's girlfriend is there. Uh, Kate, K Billy's girlfriend, Kate, who also works at the bank, works at the, works at the bar. And she is serving all these gremlins beer, popcorn... I mean, you name them, and I'm pretty sure there's other food too. Like the gremlins are having a lot of fun at the bar. Stripe is there with another gremlin who looks to be wearing Mrs. Deagle's wig, I believe. Plus, you see the lipstick too. So I'm assuming, so I'm assuming uh, that gremlin is a Mrs. Deagle gremlin or something. I don't know to be exact. And then also, uh, the Stripe even kills off one of his uh, one one of the gremlins during a poker match. For some reason, I don't know. And and this and then this next moment also cuts to my next favorite moments when 
that we get a scene where this rotten gremlin who is wearing a fedora, a black fedora-like hat, sits in the dark on a table, sitting at a table in the dark with some noir-like music playing in the background, almost referencing uh, something out of Casablanca or any other noir film, and it gets me laughing all the time. Because a little gra another gremlin shows up just to cheer this other gremlin up using actual puppets to bring in a sense of humor. It's like this one gremlin who's sitting at the bar smoking a cigarette uh, with noir music playing in the background. Just thinking how depressed of how Stripe took his uh, took this uh, this gremlin girlfriend of, of of his of some sort. I mean, think about it. It was seven. It was about seven thirty at night. I was sitting in with the, with all the other gremlins until then. I feel very depressed because Stripe, who is sitting with this one other gremlin wearing this eagle's wig, took took my girl took my girl away. I mean, I was thinking about dating this girl, but it looks like it looks like Stripe was more has a, has a lot more uh, fun in it. So that's why this uh, other gremlin other gremlin was more interested in Stripe than me. But until then. As I was sitting, I was sitting and sitting, smoking a cigar while listening to this noir-like music, until this one other gremlin steps steps up right next to me with actual puppets in his hands. Not, I'm not talking about actual Muppet puppets. I am talking about puppets in his hands, trying to cheer me up. As he was trying to cheer me up, I was annoyed. So then, what did I do next? I smack him with a mallet. Bang! Out of all the bars and all the tables at this bar in all the world, these three gremlins had a walk into mine. You see, that's kind of what got me thinking. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. So then Billy um, uh, rescues Kate after, um, after using bright light on all the other uh, gremlins to escape. They, they, try to, they, try to, they try to hide, but somehow the gremlins go into a movie theater watching Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. That's that, and uh, all all the gremlins were actually singing to uh, one of the Snow White songs during uh, of Hi Ho, which is basically the dwarves' theme song of when they uh, leave uh, when they leave the mines. Basically, Hi Ho, Hi Ho, is off to work we go. Da 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 da. Hi Ho, Hi Ho, Hi Ho, Hi Ho. And all the gremlins start singing because. Why not? It's it's a it's a fun song. I mean, I mean, from a classic Walt Disney film that came out in nineteen in the nineteen late nineteen thirties, it is it is a classic song. Even Gizmo starts singing, and his singing is very cute from the point of view of uh, Howie Mandel. I mean, it is a cute, it is a cute, uh, it is a cute moment for for Gizmo. Especially those who are who have seen this film too. Now, um, so now this gets Billy an idea to, you never believe this, blow up the entire freaking theater. Like he and Kate blow up the theater of all the gremlins inside, except for Stripe because Stripe left the theater just to get some food because Stripe is hungry for food. And this is where the yum yum. Yeah, because yum yum is basically basically a call sign that the that the gremlins and mogwais are hungry, because uh, yum yum. If you hear that in the other in the beginning or somewhere in, in the middle of the film, 
before the Mogwais turned into gremlins, they were all scream screaming yum yum. Yum yum! Yum yum! Yum yum! Yum yum! It's just so funny. But you, you kind of get the point of what I'm saying, especially after midnight. So anyway, uh, Bill, Billy, light, Billy uh, lights a little... Lights a flame on some sort of uh, towel or napkin of some sort, and also leaks out the the gas in the theater as well. Until then, so until then, when the screen went white, all the gremlins in the theater started screaming and start to go after Billy and Kate through through the theater. And we we also get a nice creepy animation through the uh, through the back of the screen too, like they're sh like the shadows of the gremlins. That's pretty creepy and cool. So then, um, so so then, we, so so then, Billy and Kate escape, and and the entire theater blows up. All the gremlins inside burning, and also burning alive, like these demons of hell are burning. Those little green monsters are literally burning, like like Billy just blew them all up. It's kind of like a hive, you know, like a bee. It's like a beehive of some sorts. I mean, damn, like, Billy just had the balls to blow up the entire theater. But until then, Stripe is is very upset and angry because Billy just destroyed the entire theater, which had all the gremlins in, in there. All the gremlins were in there, so then Stripe, Stripe, Stripe fights off Billy in a in a uh, department store, actually not a department. Is it a department store? It kind of looks like a a little a mini strip mall inside the store. I mean, I guess. I mean, Stripe fights Bill fights Billy probably for revenge for killing his entire batch. Also, we get a nice little uh nice little cameo stuffed toy cameo of ET because uh, Steven Spielberg directed ET plus uh, Tweety Bird, Sylvester Sylvester uh, Cat, and of course Bugs Bunny. Because, uh, because of the fact that uh, Gremlins is a Warner Brothers film, Chuck Jones, Chuck Chuck Jones, you may say, because uh, Gizmo, because Gizmo was hiding and wants to try to stop uh, Stripe too. Also, I want to also want to mention, uh, uh, Stripe is being voiced by Frank Welker, one of the uh, one of the few legendary voice actors too. Along, this also goes with goes to say this. There are other voice actors who also voiced Gremlins as well, which also includes Bob Holt, and of course Peter Cullen, who is very well known for playing Optimus Prime in the Transformers uh, Transformers franchise, who uh, who he and Frank Welker also collaborated on. So they both collaborate on Gremlins, but also before that, the Transformers, the original Transformers TV show, including the original film that came out in the eighties as well. So. So you got some legends out there, voice acting legends too, and and then later and then later on, Billy is literally almost almost dead. Like Stripe almost kills Billy, like with with blade, like with saw blades, darts, uh, but baseball baseballs, even a freaking chainsaw that gives that gives Bruce Campbell a run for his money. My God. I mean, what is with this film? But then uh, Gizmo was able to help. Was able to help. Was able to help out. I mean, I believe it was either Billy or Gizmo who drags a uh, a stripe throughout the throughout the entire uh, department store and uh, hits his head on a wall. But 
but stop but it turns out he's stopped by a fountain by a water fountain huge water fountain that will give strep the ability to produce a new batch thankfully uh gizmo d kills stripe with sunlight with sunlight and and stripe gets disintegrate just gets disintegrated and melts no no melts stripe melts throughout this entire end throughout this entire ending right there like like he's standing in the fountain trying to produce a new batch but gizmo kills him off with sun with sunlight so that's how stripe gets killed and then the dad show, and then the dad shows, that, and then the dad shows up after a couple of other visits. Like one of them was with, was at a um, convention that with uh, other inventors that includes cameos from Jerry composer Jerry Goldsmith and Steven Spielberg, including a gas station where he was actually able to sell a, one of his uh, one of his inventions to a uh, gas station gas station clerk, which is actually um, pretty cool. Which is actually uh, pretty cool. But then, but then, but then, uh, but then, uh, but then Gizmo was knocked out because he had a, he got uh, whiplash by, uh, by the sunlight because he was trying to pull the, the shades of the sunlight out to shine upon, uh, on, to shine upon um, a stripe, but he gets hit in the head. So then after that, so then after that, um, uh, Billy, Kate, uh, Billy's dad and Gizmo, along with his, along with Billy's mom, they're all home for Christmas for Christmas Eve, and there's a news report on the mysterious on the mysterious tragedies of the Gremlin attack. Until then, um, until then, the store, the the uh, Chinatown store owner, who turns out his name is Mister Wing, by the way. I mean, I forgot, I forgot his name. Uh, Mister Wing, who owns this uh, store in Chinatown. Uh, reclaims Gizmo at the Pelser home. He criticizes both the Pelsers and West and Western society for their carelessness with nature because of the fact that one, the, this Mogwai can turn into a gremlin if you, if somehow if you don't take care of this Mogwai carefully, which is actually a pretty good point. Which is basically the point of like you gotta be careful with these things. Like if you're not careful, then 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 chaos will, will then chaos will ensue so so i will definitely say uh, uh, the christmas theme is not the only theme in this film but also care but also being careful the theme of being careful like you gotta be careful with these things like you gotta be care careful in life you know like how um how like with how uh billy was not being uh, careful with this gremlin. I mean, well, Mogwai, I should say. I mean, why am I calling you? Why am I calling this Mogwai a gremlin? I mean, it is true because the Mogwais do turn into gremlins, just to say, just to say the least. But the thing, is, but the thing is, like Billy was trying to be careful, but somehow the three rules were broken. So that's basically being careless. And of course, um, may I guess you can make the argument that <clears throat> that Mrs. Deagle was being an old grump. She's not being careful at all, so she she technically got uh, car. She definitely got karma right there in the middle of the film. I mean, that's not be that's de definitely not being careful at all. So yeah, there's definitely like a theme of careful of carefulness to it. So you gotta be careful with these things. But uh, at the end, but at the end, uh, 
But at the end, uh, Mr. Wing uh, was able to um, take Gizmo back home. Plus, uh, Billy and Gizmo have a have a very heartfelt goodbye, and then uh, and then Mr. Wing leaves with Gizmo back to back to his home, and a touched Mr. Wing then concedes that Billy may be ready one day, and until then, Gizmo will be waiting, which I'm pretty sure that is definitely going to be the sequel to Gremlins, although I have not seen the sequel. Which I do know there is a sequel to Gremlins called Gremlins 2 The New Batch. But at the very end, the original Gremlins is a classic. It is a fun, it is a fun Christmas family, a fun horror film, Christmas family film classic. I mean, it is, it is a PG film. It does have a lot of fun moments, particularly from the, uh, from the Gremlins. But all, but also it does, it does bring in bringing a good touch of, eight, of of an 80s feel to it. But other than that, other than that, the Gremlins film is actually a pretty good film. Now, I'll be honest with you, I when I was very little, I actually got the DVD of Gremlins, but I never watched it as a kid. I've never seen this film, and I, I don't even know who Steven Spielberg was at the time when I got this DVD. I was very little. I was very little when I... When I when I got the film on DVD, but I never watched it. I, I maybe the fact is fact is I I wasn't old enough to see this film. But it wasn't until I saw the Indiana Jones films that Steven Spielberg directed got me interested in to know who Steven Spielberg was. And Steven Spielberg, who was one of the uh, producers of this film, produced the Gremlins film. So I have so now that I'm older, I have an idea who Steven Spielberg was, and also going into this film as well and I, I got very invested in this film as I got older so that was so that was something and yeah I guess you could say I mean many people will definitely say uh, gremlins is more of a horror horror film but also a family film but it does have a bit of a Christmas feel to it I mean you see gizmo wearing a Santa Claus hat during one moment when Billy was upstairs with Gizmo playing a nice little piano, and of course uh, you get the Chris, you get the Christmas lights, the Christmas music, the snow. I mean, the fact that the that the entire film takes place on Christmas Eve is something, and of course uh, you do get a nice little uh, co- composing co- music composition score from Jerry Goldsmith during one scene where uh, Billy and Kate are walking into town. Um, they're like they're walking. They're walking into town. You hear the the Christmas music of of um, Silent Night playing in the background. So that 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 was definitely being played, and um, and definitely you definitely see a couple of Christmas specials being played too during one scene where um, one of Billy, I believe, is one of Billy's uh, not well not neighbors or something, but uh, it is one. But it is one of uh, but as one of uh, Joe Dante's uh, collaborators, uh, the actor named uh, Richard Miller or Dick Miller or, or Dick Miller, because uh, Rich, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know why, but that, I mean, that's that's his name. That's his actual name. Dick Miller. Dick Miller's character has a uh, has some sort of like mobile or something, not a snowmobile, some sort of snowmobile that he calls. Uh, a gremlin and he gets ran over by it 
he, he gets run over by it because the gremlins were driving it and he calls it a gremlin because uh, we it find, we later find out that that he was I believe he stated that he was one of the few World War II veterans flying flying this flying this uh, plane that he calls it or an, air, or an aircraft that he calls it a gremlin. In fact, while I'm on the subject of this, uh, Roald Dahl, Roald Dahl popularized the grem the gremlin in one of his sto- in one of his uh, stories. In fact, Royal Air Force pilot and author Roald Dahl flew a Hawker Hurricane during World War II, which he incorporated into his 1943 children's novel, The Gremlins. So, yeah, 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 there's like a little reference to that too. And I mean, I forgot I completely forgot to mention that, but now I did. But anyway, um I mean, that's all that's all I have with this film. I mean, what did you all think? Did you all like Gremlins? I mean, did you think this was a fun Christmas film? I mean, what did you think about it? Do you have if you have a different opinion about this film? Uh please let me know. And anyway, while I'm on the subject of like violence, this was the this along Gremlins along with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom were the last of uh, film were a couple were the last few films to receive a PG rating before the PG-13 rating ever start before the PG-13 rating ever started because with the amount of violence that are, that is being shown in in PG films that are aimed more at kids I mean it the violence goes way over the top which also could be described like they might push an R rating but no there's there's got to be another rating in between an R and PG so that's why you get the PG-13 PG-13 rating I mean Gremlins was not even PG G13 nor R. It was rated PG. The same with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. So this is where the MPAA after 1984 decided to go and create the PG13 rating. So there you have it. But anyway, um I hope I hope uh, I hope this is a I hope Gremlins was a good uh, Christmas film to watch. I mean, I mean I'm definitely going to continue watching it. I mean, it, it is a fun film to watch around Christmas time. So anyway, uh, please let me know your thoughts about this film, and um, and if you like the film or not, please let me know. Anyway, thank you all for tuning into Kodo Cinema. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, aka Kodo Man. Remember to watch movies and stay positive.